Hey there, so in today's episode, Noah and I break down the James Harden trade to Houston, which just happened a num- number of hours ago. Uh, Nets given up a lot for James Harden, a lot of picks, a lot of players, they're really going all in, and we break it down, we talk about each team, what they all gave up, what they all gave, Noah breaks out some trade grades, he also breaks out some neat uh, little math and stats, if you want to get a little nerdy here, we break down the odds that our first round picks actually turn into anything, which is exciting, and I know you're going to be seeing lots of analysis over the next few days, but these are our initial thoughts, and We really do get into some interesting stuff, talk about Brooklyn in general, you know, where they're going as a team, what they're doing, you know, how's their front office looking, and obviously tons of stuff about James Harden, you know, can he get back into shape, can he become an MVP player, can he play with other guys, you know, what do we expect? We get into all of that, so I think you're really going to enjoy it. We also break down some three interesting storylines so far in the NBA season. Noah, of course, Homer, uh... Loves Detroit, talks about Detroit and how they're doing. And I break into some stuff about Phoenix. Also get into Philadelphia. And of course, a little Steph Curry talk right now. Tearing the league up, you know, really reminding people who he is. So thanks for listening. We got tons of great feedback on our first two episodes. So I'd really like to thank everyone for listening a lot. Um, it's really blown me away. So thank you very much. And I hope you enjoyed this, this episode as much as you liked the first two. And we're going to keep these coming once a week or once every other week. Uh, we haven't figured out an exact schedule yet. But yeah, they're going to keep coming as long as you guys keep listening. So thanks a lot. We hope you enjoy the episode. Let's roll the music. Okay, welcome back to the third episode of the Elbow Jumper podcast. We're here on a special edition today because it's January 13th, and that means that James Harden just got dealt about five hours ago now. So this is a pretty quick turnaround here, and we're excited to be bringing this to you. Noah, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Pretty tired. You know, first week of school, wrapping up. Uh, so it's a grind. School's got you down. Yeah, school, work, you know, it's all there, but better grind grind today so tomorrow can be better. You know, that's the idea, but I think it's a big scam. Wow, pretty inspirational. Yeah. Well, so today we're talking James Harden. So what do you think? What's your first initial reaction? So like let's go over the deal here. So who got yeah. I, so James I can, Harden I can... got traded from Houston to Brooklyn and he's got two years left on his deal. And then, Noah, I know you took a deep dive. Yeah, I got all this written down. So Indiana got Karis LeVert in a second-round pick. That's from the Cavs. The Rockets got Oladipo, Dante Exum, three unprotected Nets picks in 2022, 2024, and 2026. They got pick swaps in 21, 23, 25, and 27. And then they also got a Milwaukee unprotected first-round pick as well as Kirks. Um, and then the Nets got James Harden. The Cavs got Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince. Nice. What I found so, most... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, so I was just saying, so the Rockets get seven, or they get three unprotected picks from the Nets, but they get seven picks in total if you want to count the swaps as a pick, if you just want to say that. Basically, they get an alternating swap and a pick every year between now and 2027, Houston does with Brooklyn. And they also pick up Milwaukee's first round pick next year. 
So and and for viewers who are like confused with like these picks and like how it's all structured, so a pick swap is like the so the Nets will be able to choose like or the Rockets will choose like out of the two picks between Houston and the Nets and whichever one is better they're going to take. Yeah. And the reason this is for teams cannot trade back to back picks. So that's why there's alternating ones here. And you'll notice that you're only allowed to trade picks until seven years in the future. So that's why they can't just keep loading first instead of doing all this swaps and whatever. It's funny you mentioned that because isn't it the, uh, wasn't it Brooklyn originally when they traded for uh, KG and uh, Paul yeah. Pierce? Uh, however many years ago that was now, this is the reason we have this rule that you can't trade your picks back to back because they exactly. pushed all the chips to the middle and just when a complete dumpster fire. Now, granted, they've recovered surprisingly well, surprisingly yeah, quickly, definitely. but they seem to be, you know, obviously there's some comparison there, pushing the chips in the middle, although these guys are much younger and better than Pierce and Kevin Garnett was at that time. For sure. So what are your some of your instant reactions to this? Who do you think won the trade? Oh, you can't, I don't know. I, I don't think you can say who won a trade like this when you're talking about picks for seven years. Like, how do you value a first-round pick, uh, you know, that's oh, five years off? I can let you know. Well, please do, Noah. Please do. Well, we'll I don't want to get into that quite yet. Okay. Just So, I, I, like, my initial thoughts then are just, I don't know, it's a lot of picks they gave up, but I think Brooklyn, they seem to have a good general manager, good front office and a good culture there so i don't actually think it's going to be as big of a deal as some may think like i think they're going to be able to uh sign free agents and at least be a mediocre team like they're not going to bottom out and that's when it really hurts you i think they really pushed it all in to get james harden i don't love it to be honest i really like their depth i liked how they had two really good scorers in katie and Kyrie, and then had the whole depth to back it up like they were a solid team without those guys add them in and they were a championship contender now it's tough. Do you think this trade improved to them? I was thinking about that, and I don't know. I think in the playoffs, if they all get along, yes. Like in a one-game scenario, yes, I think they got better. And that's what it is when you're talking about can you win a title. It's game seven or it's a series. Can you? Are they going to be a better regular season team? No. I actually think their record will probably be worse because they have to integrate Harden. They don't have the depth, etc. But I think I think Brooklyn is a better team at the end of the day. Now they have to make sure they get along. Can they do this? They seem to say they're going to get along. Kyrie, or sorry, Kyrie and KD seem to get along fine. They like each other. And James Where's Harden. Kyrie? Oh, where is Kyrie? <laughs> I don't know. Like I ranked him pretty low last week for this reason. I mean, I had him twenty fourth on my list, and I I got some hate. You know, I'd like to shout out to everyone who listened to this podcast. By the way, you know, we got a surprisingly amount of listeners, and I got a surprising amount of fan mail and hate mail for where I put Kyrie on my list, but. I think, like, this is exactly what I'm talking about. He leaves. So he leaves. No one knows where he went. And then af after he's disappeared, he tells the coach, from what I understand, after he's already disappeared and the media's already asking questions, he tells Steve Nash, the coach, oh, personal reasons, I'm away. Okay, whatever. So it turns out, I think it went to a birthday party, I think it was. Yeah, and, yeah, and then, sister's birthday. Yeah, so sister's birthday. Okay, why is that a secret? Why can't you say, hey, I'm going to go to her birthday party. Like, I don't think that was the main reason he was out, though. I think he's just, I think it's definitely like some political angst he's having with what the country's happening right now. And that's, you know, I can understand that. But like, he's throwing his coach under the bus by not letting him know earlier. 
Yeah. When Steve Nash had to when Steve Nash had to go in front of the like the media and say, like, yeah, I have no idea where he is, that's that's just a tough look for Kyrie. Yeah. I mean you gotta communicate for sure. And then he's back and he's out without a mask and whatever you think about that. It's the rules and if you wanna be a good teammate and be a good guy to your team, you know, you just wear the mask, whatever you think about it, you're back playing faster. So now he's still not back and he has to sit out when he does come back. It's a mess. Yeah. I always think of it from like Carl Anthony Towns position, like seven members of his family, including his mom died of COVID-19. Like, how can you get on the same court as someone who just doesn't care? Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Tough. But um, yeah. And I don't know. I mean, Kyrie was, and then another thing, you know, and my initial reaction is I'm shocked that I'm hearing rumors that because Kyrie was gone, they were the urgency from Brooklyn went up a notch to get this deal done. So Kyrie was, everything's great. Then he leaves. And within a week, you're like, Oh no, like we don't know what's going on with Kyrie. Katie, you know, his contract's coming up in a couple of years. We got to resign him. Like it just seems like it, they're blowing everything out of proportion. Like it seems like overreaction Monday on a football channel, but what if Stephen A is correct though? Like what if Kyrie's like seriously looking at retiring? He wasn't actually looking at retire. I thought this was just Stephen A's opinion. No, like if hypothetically, like he's probably not, but like. Definitely not considering it. But I mean, if he is, I think it's a good trade then because you need to have two guys. But I don't know. I, Kyrie's his own, his own man. He's always been a strange thing. But those are my initial thoughts. You know, Brooklyn uh, pushes it all into the middle. They'll get better in a series provided the chemistry works out. On paper, they got better. But it's going to be, can these guys work well together because i think honestly like if you get together if you get along off the court you're going to be able to get along on the court and make it work out and if these guys want it to work it will work but they got a lot worse defensively so these guys better figure it out i don't know noah what do you think about the trade initially honestly how i i I gave people grades i'm a big fan okay um i gave the rockets a c minus i'm not a big fan all i see is you got oladipo who's been injury plagued. And then they got a bunch of picks. That's not a lot for like, I would say that they, okay. Oladipo, do they care about Oladipo? Like they're not making, they might make the, the uh, play in tournament this year, but they're like, Oladipo is an expiring contract for them. So they got cap room basically. Yeah. And that's, I think that's even worse if your mindset's like that, because you're, you have a guy who's like a top, I don't know what we put him as, but like a top 10 player in the NBA, who's really, really good. And he can help like help you win games. They almost beat Golden State when they were the juggernaut. But and James Harden was having the, the worst cap space. Harden was having some of the worst stretches of his career recently, like under 20 points a game he was averaging. And he's clearly out of shape. He's clearly a cancer in that locker room. And I mean, last night, we're recording this Wednesday, so it was Tuesday night after they lost, Harden came out and said the situation's unfixable and he wants out. John Wall came out and said that James Harden wasn't giving anyone respect. He wasn't giving it a fair shake and it was ridiculous. And then today, so subsequently, subsequent to that John Wall and James Harden interview, Boogie Cousins came out and said, it's all ridiculous. James Harden is just like basically full of himself. I mean, you needed to get rid of this guy. He's clearly a cancer in the locker room. And and you're right. You had to get rid of him, but like, it's still, you're trading away like one of the best players of this like last five years or whatever. And you, all you're getting back is some picks and Oladipo or cap space, if you think of it like that, which I just, I struggle to, to be interested in that. If I I'm think that it. this trade was caused last year 
when they traded for Russell Westbrook and they traded more picks and they pushed and they went in for Westbrook and they said, this is going to work or it's not. And it didn't work. And now, and now, you know, when you go all in, it doesn't work. Well, you got your guys that don't work and you have no more picks. So I think this is a product of that. Yeah, I hear you. I, so I a gave C, a C yeah. minus. I'm surprised only a C minus considering they got seven picks. And so seven picks from Brooklyn with four of those being swaps, but and a Milwaukee first. Why, why only a C minus with the pick, all the picks? Uh, I, I did some math. I did my own like little research here and, uh, I looked at like what the true value of picks are because what people fared like failed to see is like these picks that they got, all of them are going to be like low, low lottery or low, low, like in the draft, they're going to be late or late twenties. And some quick math I did, I, it doesn't look good, but I gave the nets a B James Harden. I think you're closer to one on championship. I don't really love how they fit though. The Cavs, I gave an A. They gave up a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and Dante Exum for Jared Allen and Torian Prince, and I think that's great value. Jared What's Allen, like he's been in the league, he's only 22 years old, so crazy young. You know, Cleveland's got hypothetically a center of the future for them, and it, he's already really good. I was looking at some advanced stats. I mean, I think he's he's quite high up in the league in defensive uh, box plus minus. So like a defensive metric about how you are compared to an average person. For sure. He's quite high up. I was also a big fan of Indiana. They got Levert in a second round pick. I also gave them an A. I, I like Levert more than Oladipo. Yeah. Yeah, really? I think I think he's gonna be good. I know I'm I'm a bit high on Levert, definitely. But I, I watch him and I'm just thinking like give that guy a bigger role. I don't know what his role is going to be in. Uh, so he's Indiana, got but... he's got three years on his deal and they only had one year left like this year. So they got this year plus two with Levert and they only had this year with Oladipo. And yeah. uh, so what, what what did they give up Noah to get that? Uh, what did Indiana give up? Yeah, what did Indiana give up to get Levert in that second? They gave up Oladipo. Just, just Oladipo. Just Oladipo. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that is surprising good value to get him back and a pick. Yeah, for sure. It's a second round pick. Yeah, but I think yeah. this is probably a case of well, this is definitely what it is is making the salaries work, and then them getting you know a little extra value in it because uh, Brooklyn wants this deal done. Hey, and now if you don't mind, I'll, I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here. Oh, no, go ahead. I hope you get into the math because I'm really interested in this kind of geeky stuff about the picks. Like I love it. Oh, for sure. Like, I've just always heard about picks, first-round picks, and, like, what is their true value? So I did some quick math. So I did from 2016 to 2012, so that's five years, and I looked at them, and I was like, which players are going to be a top three player? And I broke it down into, like, is it, like, one to four draft picks, which these are definitely not going to be. These draft picks are going to be below 15. They're not going to be in the lottery. Yeah, worst case scenario, we're talking maybe three years, four years from now, Brooklyn's out of the playoffs, and then five, six years from now, they're bad. And yeah. then you're looking at maybe one or two good picks, best case scenario. Yeah. So in 2016, 2016 the top four picks, which I'm going to like not include this from the math because Brooklyn's not getting a first-round pick or a top four player or a top four pick. So the top four picks is Simmons, Ingram, Brown, and then Dragon Bender. I think he's out of the league, eh? Yeah. 
And then the, the top three players on a team, that's Murray at seven, Sabonis at 11, Lavert at 20, Siakam at 27, and Malcolm Brogdon at 36. Yeah. So if you're looking at like that just off the bat, so if you're in the top four, there's a um, 75% chance that you're going to get a top three player on that team. Then we go to 2015. We got Cat, D'Lo, Okafor, and Przingis. Again, you're batting 75% on uh, the top four picks. And if we look lower in the draft, it's much worse. You got Turner at number 11, Booker at 13, and Harrell at 32, which you can even debate if he's a top three player on a good team. 2014, Wiggins, Jabari Parker, Embiid, Aaron Gordon. You're batting 25% or 75% where you land on Wiggins. And then lower, you got Smart at six, Randall at seven, Levine at 13, Nurkic at 16, Dinwiddie at 38, might be a bit high on Dinwiddie than other people would think. And then at Jokic at 41. That was a 20- steal, like to get Jokic at 41. Like no one talks about this. Like this guy, people think second round pick, they think Malcolm Brogdon. No, no, no. Jokic is top, he's a top 10 player in the league by both of our standards. Absolutely. And second round. Anyway, sorry, that's my little tangent there. For sure. 2013, you got Oladipo at number two, Anthony Bennett at one, Otto Porter at three, Cody Zeller. In that draft, it's been a bad draft. Not a good draft. Yeah, you're batting 25% in the first four picks. Later on, you got CJ McCollum at 10, Schroeder at 17, Giannis at 15, Gobert at 27. Then in the last year I did, 2012, AD, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, Beal and Waiters in the top four. Again, 50%. Great numbers. And then later, you got Lillard at six, uh, Draymond at nine, or Draymond at 35, Drummond at nine, and then Milton at 39. So using my classes, my uh, statistics classes, I did a quick bit of math. And then if you're drafting in the one to four range, there's a 60% chance have a top three player on a good team that you'll draft. From five to 15, there's a 20% chance you'll draft a top three player on a good team. And then from 16 to 30, there's a 7% chance you'll drop top three player on a good team. And then I put the second round all in one, 31 to 60, there's a 3% chance. And then if you put that towards like these four picks that you're getting from Brooklyn, because the other ones you're not really getting picks, you're just getting swaps. So I just did it for the four picks that Brooklyn gave up. Like it's three from Brooklyn and then the one from Milwaukee. And this is like best case scenario. So best case scenario, two of those picks land somewhere from four to 15. And if you did that, there's a 44% chance that you'll get one top three player on a good team. So you're saying basically to sum it all down, we think at these four picks that they got, two of them are gonna be in the four to 15 range. And that gives them a 44% chance of being a top three player. So they have a, so they traded away James Harden and these yeah. picks represent a 44% chance of getting a James Harden back. And, and the 44% chance that also includes the two others, which I put in the 16 to 30 range. So like, that's tough. And that's, and that's tough. not a James Harden back. You said that's a top three player on an NBA top team? three player on a good team and more that's stats tough. for you here. And I did the thing like, oh, what's the chance you're getting like a top, like top number one player on a good team? So if I look at my list, the players I included in that, 
is Booker. I think he has a chance to be a number one guy. Jokic yeah. is a number one guy. I have Giannis as a number one guy. And then I have Lillard as a number one guy. Yeah. So in five years, there's been four players that's outside the top four. That's a number that's, one guy. So of those four picks, it's a 3% chance you get a number one guy. So 3% chance they get a James Harden is what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's tough when you get a disgruntled star and he wants out. And you know, you go, if you want to wind the clock back a little bit more to when this all started, you know, when Harden started playing hot potato with his teammates. Um, so when they traded away Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook, they gave up, obviously they gave up Chris Paul, but they also gave up two first round picks and two pick swaps. And they got one of those picks back when they traded away Westbrook for Wall this summer. So now you're looking at two picks and a pick swap because it was a pick swap they gave up. So basically they traded away seven, three. They netted only four first round picks for James Harden. If you want to talk about all this craziness, you net four first round picks for Harden and you get cap space. So that's, that's tough. For sure. I mean, you got to be really like, high on Oladipo to, uh, Oh no. And I think Oladipo up. is Oladipo staying. Why would he stay? Maybe he'll stay if he'll get paid, but like, who knows? I don't know. That's, that's, that's like, I was thinking about even throwing them a D maybe as a grade. Like, well, but could they have I done much better? What, el- what else was on the table for them? Like we're locking, talking, maybe Philly was looking at Ben Simmons. In fact, I was hearing they wanted, who did they want? They wanted Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, and another guy on their bench, another young guy. Noah, do you know his name? Yeah. Right now. So, so I have it out. Like I, I did like the trade finder, make sure all the salaries were. So they would have traded James Harden and PJ Tucker for Ben Simmons, Mike Scott, Matisse Thibel is the other wow. young guy, yeah. and Tyrese Maxey, and then how many other first-round picks they negotiated? I think I, was over hearing, like I think I think I was listening to another podcast today. Shout out to the Ringer, great great podcast they have, um, and they were saying they wanted that package and three first-round picks. And so, like, I think that's a way like, better deal for Houston if they yeah. want to get good now because they get Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is a number one guy. No, you don't have to worry about guy. that three percent chance. No, he's not. Ben Simmons is not the number one guy. Ben Simmons is definitely a number one guy. Okay, who would you rather? Do you think? Uh, I don't know. I just think, I just think Ben Simmons like is a number one guy. Maybe if you put all shooters, maybe like you could have theoretically swapped James Harden and Ben Simmons and kept yeah. the system the similar, but they were kind of blowing it up. Now, do I think Houston's a total lost cause? No, I mean, they got an interesting lineup. Christian Wood, Boogie Cousins, Oladipo. Yeah, Christian Wood's a great signing. Thanks, Detroit. Yeah, I mean, your Pistons are hurting, but... God. I don't know. I think <clears throat> I think that package from Philly would have been better, but I don't think Philly was willing to give that up. Like, if you're Philadelphia, do you give up Ben Simmons, two of your nice rookies in Thibel and... Uh, yeah. I forget his name. I just said the other guy's name. Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey and Thibel and Ben Simmons. As well as Mike Scott, but that's yeah. just more to make. But you get, you get PJ Tucker back, who's nice, okay? I'll give yeah. you that. Like, PJ Tucker's a nice player, especially if you're trying to win right now. Great defender. And he can shoot. But you give up four, four guys, so you get you get uh, PJ Tucker back. And you give up all your picks. Yeah, you got James I, Harden, but Joel... I don't think so I would give younger. up all the picks. No, with like, that, with that thing... One, one first round, but like even if I'm Houston, I'd rather have that because I get Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons yeah. is really, really good. Yeah, but Jay, but maybe maybe Houston's looking at it like this in a fact that 
okay, yes, we don't, we don't like we want Ben Simmons, but they don't have many of their own first round picks after all these deals to get uh, to get rid of Chris Paul, trade him for Westbrook, and you know, like they want to replenish the cabinet a little bit. I think, and it'll be interesting to see. And you know, Houston's now got a bunch of picks. OKC's got a bunch of picks. What can these teams do with them? Like, it'll be interesting to see five, you know, six years from now what's going to happen. I think, I don't know if Houston's in the same spot as OKC where like OKC doesn't even have enough roster spots to put all these picks on their roster. Like they're going to have to move some of these and package them up, which is going to be interesting because they could get a couple nice players, but we'll see what Houston can do. Um, you like, you like Indiana though here, right? You were saying you gave them an A. I gave them an A. I, I just like Levert. I'm really high on Levert. You get him for a bunch of years. I think he's less he's ego. Really I, wouldn't say, I don't want to, I don't want to paint Oladipo as an ego guy. But I think, you know, it was his team, and he and rightfully so, like last year before he got hurt, or two years ago before he got hurt, it was his team, rightfully so, because he was he playing was really, really well. And an then, you know, NBA he goes guy. down, and it becomes Sabonis and Brogdon, and now he's back, and, you know, it's not fitting super well. You can kind of see he's not playing quite as well as he was. You don't really know, and forget all that, you don't know where guys sit. And I think when you're a... When you're trying to be a gritty team like Indiana, like Indiana's not going to win the East or reach the conference finals unless they're really playing good team ball. And if you're trying to do that, you got to have people getting along. I think Karis LeVert's going to slide in there nicely. And then they got all their guys on their core locked up for a couple more years, which is quite nice. Do you think he'll be a starter right off the bat, or do you think he'll be coming off the bench? Well, who would they start uh, in his place if they don't start LeVert? Uh, maybe Doug McDermott. I don't know. I think he'll start. If not right away, pretty soon. Yeah. Sabonis is like, he's not a, he's ball dominant, but he's, he's a good passer, you know, and Brogdon's like to, likes to move the ball. Uh, TJ Warren's a scorer, but I think he could start. Maybe, you know, he'll stagger a lot of his minutes. Yeah. TJ Warren. I don't know if he's out for the entire year, but maybe he'll come back at the end. Yeah. It'll be tough. We'll see. Cleveland. I mean, I don't know. Cleveland is interesting. I like. I don't think they're going to be that good. Um, I think they just got great value. A pick yeah. and a second and then Axum, who's who hasn't been very good, for Jared Allen, who's really good, and Torian Prince, who I've, I've always liked. He hasn't turned out that well, but there's definitely some upside there. Yeah, for sure. I think the big story here is Brooklyn. You know, can they make it work? You know, what can they yeah, do? They're going mean... to be an interesting team to watch. I can't wait to root against them. Rooting against him already, Noah. Oh, of course. Kyrie, Kevin Durant, those are my two least favorite guys. And then guess who's third? James Harden. Well, we'll see. I yeah, mean, it's going to be a fun team to cheer against. It will. They'll be uh, pretty good in 2K, though. Uh, we've already <laughs> seen some of the memes, but just too much dribbling. I'm sure if you guys have seen all the memes already of just them dribbling, dribbling, dribbling. You know, they're going to be a lot of give and go offense. You know, give me the ball, go to hell. I'm going to go score. Uh, your turn, my turn. You know, that kind of thing. I think, uh, interesting. I mean, their defensive rating right now is okay. It's sitting at 108.6. So they're 12th in the league in defense, uh, which is okay. But they gave up Jared Allen, who's a terrific rim defender. He wasn't starting, but I think a lot of this was just to keep KD and Kyrie happy because they're yeah. buddies with DeAndre Jordan. Um, last game, gonna start he actually or... did start, though. Oh, the last game he did. I, last game he started. He played like 35 minutes, and DeAndre Jordan got a DMPCD. Wow, coaches decision. So that, that's interesting. If that would have, if that would have kept, like that trend would have kept. If he's he a good center, and he was he was what they needed because they had uh, you know they lost Dinwiddie, 
and they didn't have a huge uh they don't have a lot of defenders on their roster right now like they, they just don't and you know so Not who's gonna who's going to play defense for them right now i mean kevin durant kevin, kevin durant's definitely a good defender is there, but he's and the only like, defender I, is Joe Harris your second best defender on your starting lineup? Oh well, man, he's better than uh, James Harden and Kyrie Irving, so then he's got to be third Definitely. at best. But yeah, DeAndre I mean, Jordan I, I mean, doesn't have, move that well anymore. They have TLC like Luau Cabarro, if I'm pronouncing that remotely yeah. close to correctly. No, he plays some that, defense. No, no but, I've watched him at Philly. He's bad. It's not that bad. Like he's bad, but he's not. He's not Kyrie Irving bad. But for what you need, I thought he was going to be out of the league, to be honest. Jeff Green's going to play some defense for them for sure. I mean, they're going to lean on him a ton. But yeah, I don't love that. So, but you think about this. You know, if Brooklyn's playing in these playoff series or any kind of thing, the rim protector is DeAndre Jordan. That's about it. And then their wing defender. And he doesn't protect the rim. Not that well anymore. No, he's he's far from what he was. They're playing Jimmy Butler in the Miami Heat. They're playing Giannis and the Bucks. They're playing uh, Philly and the 76ers. So who's guarding Ben Simmons, Giannis, or Butler? Any of the, like, all KD. It's KD, KD, KD every night. He's got to be their number one defender. Maybe that's going to take a load off his offensive game, and he's not going to be able to be as nice offensively. Now, yes. I know they have other scorers now, but, like, he's going to have to be their defender. Because if not, those guys are going to go off on Brooklyn. Yeah, it's, that's tough. It's definitely going to be a tough defensive show over there. Yeah, I don't – I mean, their offense as well, like on paper, like, I don't know. They've got a lot of ball-dominant guys. Can they – like, I mean, can they make it work? Can they run a system? I think an interesting thing here – well, first, Joe Harris is going to get a lot of wide-open shots, yeah. a lot of them, because they're going to be dealing with these three guys. But do you think that, do you think uh, Steve Nash is going to try and stagger the minutes a ton? Or I do you, think you have to. You have to have at least one of those three guys on at all times, I would say. Just because you lost all your depth? Yeah, those are, like, the only guys who can, like, consistently create a shot. Because, like, coming off the bench, you're going to have Shamit, and you're going to have the uh, Bowen. Yeah. Their bench scoring – because their bench scoring was Dinwiddie and Levert. Or Dinwiddie was starting originally. Then he got yeah. hurt. And now Levert. Levert's gone. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but I think it's, it's good. It's a good sign that D'Antoni was apparently advocating for James Harden to come back. I think that's good to hear. Um, you know, you, you want the coach like it's never a be- it's never a good sign if the coach doesn't want him back. But like, when's the last time we've seen James Harden play in a system that wasn't his? And he was like, we. Ha- I guess my point is, we haven't seen him play in a system that wasn't his since he's become this great. Like when he was in OKC, he was coming off the bench. Yeah, he won Sixth Man of the Year, but he was coming off the bench. Like he was a good scorer, not an amazing player, not a, like amazing MVP caliber all-NBA player. He was coming off the bench. And since then, he's obviously been outstanding, you know, averaging almost 30 or more points every year. But can he play in a system? I don't know. None of us have seen it. That's a great point. Can he fit? So, anyway, do you got anything else to add about this trade there, No. No, that's about it. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's pretty good. I think we'll take a short break here, and we'll get back with our storylines then and we're back from a little short siesta there uh so that was a lot in the james harden trade um i think it's really going to be interesting like can brooklyn put it together 
and what the hell is going to happen with all these picks. But now we're on to the three big stories so far in the league. Uh, you know, we're halfway through January now. So I'll start it off. I think uh, we could talk about Phoenix, Phoenix Suns, and how they're doing. I mean, Phoenix right now, they're sitting at fourth in the West, seven and four. Seem to be playing pretty good. A lot of the qualitative stuff is great. We're hearing about Phoenix right now. You know, Chris Paul comes in, the culture changer guy, leading the team. Booker uh, didn't necessarily take a leap, but has continued his evolution and or just continued playing top-notch ball. DeAndre Ayton took a big jump for sure. Like he's playing some defense now, and his offense has improved. He's still hiding a little bit in the post more than I'd like to see, but they signed Jay Crowder which is nice. I mean, Mikel Bridges is playing well for them. You know, a nice athletic player for them. And yeah, I like their rotation. I mean, Cameron Payne, is he having like a career renaissance here? I don't know about that, but he's playing better than he did in OKC. For sure. Uh, I like Phoenix. I think I think they are the real deal. Are they going to still be fourth in the West when it's done? Maybe. I mean, I don't think it's outrageous to think so. I think they're I think they got all the pieces you'd want to see out of a quality team. Are they going to make a deep playoff run? I don't know. I mean, you don't skip steps in the NBA. That's a big thing. Where where would you put them? Like, where would you rank them in the West? In the West? Well, i got to say that the Lakers and Clippers are going to be above them for sure. Right now, Utah's at two. I could see Utah staying better than Phoenix. Um, and I could see Dallas sliding above them. I think, so I think I put them five, maybe six if Portland gets it together. Um, I don't think Denver's going to have that great of a regular season. Although I still, I maybe had them overranked and I put them at number three. Their defense has been atrocious this year. Denver's been horrible on defense. They're the third worst defensive team in the league. They can't guard anyone. Um, you know, as Bradley Beal said, they can't even guard a parked car. But... <laughs> I don't know. I think I think I'd probably put Phoenix in that five to six, five to seven range. I think so I'm, I'm actually. That. I think I'm, maybe four, but I think like if I had to bet right now, I'd put them at five. Okay, I I'm actually quite a bit higher than you. I think they're the third best team in the West right now. Really? I put I put Lakers first, Dallas at two. Dallas with Kristaps Porzingis yeah, back. Porzingis they're looking back look, look really good. They're looking awesome. Dallas set two, and then I would put Phoenix at three. I'm just – I'm not buying the Clippers. I have such a tough time watching them. Really? Watching them lose by 50 points, watching the big uh, Golden State comeback. That's just like – they just ain't it. It's it's tough watching those. Those don't inspire confidence. No, I think they got to get it together. They, um, they, they're looking for their identity. I think, you know, they got gutted as a team last year, embarrassed – and you know do they have a leader really do they have no a leader? no no why is not no, that you know out? who it is it's it's patrick beverly he's their vocal leader but he it's just hard to respect like a player that's not quite as great as like some of the other players on the team but he also sometimes seems to get his personal beefs in the way of the team yeah yes, he's, he's, great, he's a great agitator and he's smart but sometimes He's not smart. Like sometimes he's smart and he'll take the other team's best player out of it and go one on one with them and they'll win and it's great. But other times it's a close game and he's too worried about his beef with this guy picking him up, you know, ninety seven feet from the basket, trying to get in his face and, you know, do all this crap. And and he'll foul out in twelve minutes. Yeah. And it's just yeah, I'm I, I just I struggle to back the Clippers. 
And I don't even think Kawhi Leonard has looked that great. No? Yeah, if I had to, like, redo the list, I'm putting him lower. Really? Yeah. I did have him third, I think. So I'd probably have him in, like, the five, six range. I don't know. I, I like – I do like Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix right now uh, found a website with some great advanced stats. So we throw in some advanced stats that you've probably noticed this episode. Uh, you know, their net rating is, you know, their seventh in the league, which I think is probably a really good indicator of where they're doing right now. Um, you know, they've, they've won some big games. Like, they're not just rolling over crap teams. They've won some big games. You know, they're getting lots of threes up. Uh, their offense is doing well. But Phoenix plays defense, which I think is really, really overrated. Like, they're a middle-of-the-road, slightly above-average defensive team. But I think they'll be able to get it together as things go on, and especially if DeAndre Ayton can continue to get better as a defender. I think he could be a monster on the low block. But I still see sometimes he walks down on the low block, you know, puts his hands up, wants the ball, doesn't get it. It just stands there, kind of mopes around. Um, they just got so many weapons. And Devin Booker's playmaking is really showing off this year because people are watching more. He's always been a good playmaker. But, you know, and that's that's hard to find. Like, you don't see guys like him averaging five, six assists. Most of the guys are three, four when they're that good of a score. But I quite like, quite like Phoenix right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I think they are for real um, in the West. So what do you got for your, what are your first uh, story here, Noah? For my first story, I don't know if I'd consider this a big story, but it's just a story that interested me. It's like the Detroit Pistons. They're absolutely terrible, but they're, they're interesting. And like looking at like individual stats, like a lot of stuff jumps out on the page. Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin is averaging 14 points per game. It's, you know, I was calling for a big year from him and he just doesn't look the same. And then otherwise, like Jeremy Grant, who like, man, that was a terrible signing. And I still believe it is. But he's shooting 38% on almost 10 threes a game. Yeah, Jeremy Grant, I mean, we gave him crap last episode because we were saying, you know, why do you leave Denver? You know, why don't you want to play in a winning team? You know, you're a defender, know your role. But maybe, maybe he knew he could ball. And he's balling right now. And he didn't want to hold him back. I mean, he is playing really well. And if, if this is how good he's going to be, fair enough. You want to leave. Now, do you, like, you're literally going to the worst team in the league. Do you, do you have to go there? I don't know. I mean. How but... much do you buy if it's real? Like, he's putting up big stats on a bad team. And, like, that's not really valuable. Well, I mean, like, I think it's somewhere you... in the middle. I don't know, to be honest. I, I haven't watched a ton of Detroit basketball. It hurts my eyes. It's tough. I think, I think it's in the middle. Like, I don't think this is what he's doing on a really good team. But. I think he's probably has more skills that he wanted to prove he had than he did was being utilized in Denver. Yeah. The way I look at it, like in looking at some more of his stats, he went from 12 points per game last season to almost 25 this season. And then he's at a 3.1 box plus minus, which to put that in perspective, like an MVP is like high single digits or low double digits. I think Giannis had like 11 last year, but Pretty much this is saying to me, like, he's an above average player. That's all I see it as. Before, I thought he was like an average player, maybe even like a bit below average. He's still a minus on defense. He is a negative, uh, uh, what you call it, defensive block box plus minus. It's just his offense who's making up for that. So, uh, yeah, you know, he's putting up great stats. Good for him. But still, I think he's just a bit above average player. Another thing is Sadiq Bey 
is shooting 44% on threes and 37% uh, on twos or field goals in general. Yeah. So he's been their best rookie. And that's crazy when you have like, I think it was the fifth pick of Killian Hayes. So yeah. good for him. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Brooke, uh, Detroit, obviously not a bright future unless your future is the draft. So we'll see where they land. Can they get a franchise changer? This draft's supposed to be loaded, but we'll get Kate Cunningham. Who he looks nice. There'll be lots. You know who else looks nice? Lamelo Ball. Wow. He does what look nice. I want him to be good. Like this is not one of my stories, but I I just want the kid to be good. He's gone through a lot of shit. You know. I remember uh, watching Ball in the Family on Facebook and stuff. Um, I just think it's cool. Like it's a cool story. I want him to be good. I don't want him to flame out. Um, I think all for all the shit they talk about his dad. I don't know, like, what makes me qualified to say this? Absolutely nothing. But I think his dad's heart is in the right place about, like, wanting his kids to do well, putting them through all this, getting their own shoe brand. Uh, he's just, you know, a bit of a loud mouth and can take it too far. But LaMelo Ball seems like a good kid, and I hope he does well. But anyway, sorry. You know, that that is more interesting than the whole thing Noah's talking about Detroit because Detroit's just like a dump, <laughs> dumpster fire. But my you next... you got to rep your team when you can. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I appreciate you sticking with them. Had someone today introduce themselves, uh, you know, name, year, fun fact. I said, oh, this is my name. I'm in fourth year, and I like Golden State. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, he's like, I'd like to put, I've been a Golden State fan since 2014. Like, do you're not helping yourself right here, buddy. Like, they were not bad in 2014. I'm pretty sure you just added a year on there. So even the prof rolled their eyes to that one. It was rough. Um, yeah, that's that's tough. But my next story here is Minnesota and their horrible struggles. Um, we didn't expect yeah, but much. But Cat's pretty good, eh? You love Cat. I, I did put Cat. I had him up on my list. I had Cat at 17 on my list, which you didn't, he didn't even make it on yours, did he? I think he was like 23rd or something. I don't know. I don't even remember him being on your I mean, so. He, he definitely could have not made my list, and I wouldn't have felt bad. Minnesota's 3-8 and eight right now. We didn't expect a ton out of them, but I mean, they you expected them to be a playoff contender. Yeah, I mean, they got Cat, they have D'Angelo Russell, and then they, they also got, the got Edwards, the first pick. Now, basketball picks always take time to develop, so I think people were a little high on that one, like expecting big things. But he's scoring, he's scoring a lot right now, like it's good. Um, but Cat, I mean, his numbers, like his advanced stats, don't show it. But in terms of the glue, there was a really interesting uh, piece I was looking at, The Jump, um, one of the few good shows on ESPN that I like. Um, with Cat in the lineup, Minnesota's 2-1, and one, and they're scoring 116 points per game. That's a so, huge sample size. Yeah. Well, three I mean, games, wow. Three games, and they're shooting 39% from three, and their points per game is their plus four. So not great, but they're 2-1. and one. Like They're, they're in all – I think – my point is, with Cats in there, they're a borderline playoff team. They're where they should be. And without Cat, they're 1-6, in six, scoring 11 less points per game at 105. Point differential, 20 points less. They're at negative 16, and their three-point percentage oh. dropped 7% to 32. I think I, I think he's a, he's a big part of the glue to that team, and he's a big part of what they do, providing them a center uh, that scores a lot. And... The stats don't necessarily play it out, but I do think he helps them win. He runs a lot of their offense. He's really hard to guard. Um, 
And Minnesota. Yeah, you know, for bad. sure. He'll help them win like three games. You don't like him. Or do you not I don't like Minnesota like or what? No, like I don't like Minnesota as a team. Like I don't think they'll be good at all. But like Cat, I just he's never won without Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler, that dude is a winner. Yeah, well, we're not talking about Jimmy Butler here, but he is. We a love Jimmy Butler, though. Yeah, we do. He's a great guy, great player. But I think, I don't know. I just think Minnesota's a dumpster fire. A lot of people did predict they'd be worse. But if you look at the teams, like you just look at the West on paper, I mean, where do they fit in? Like, who are, they're not better than, like, the borderline playoff teams right now. So uh, Houston, maybe. I think if Houston gets it together, they're going to be better than them. New Orleans, certainly better than Minnesota. Denver, they're in a 12. I'm just going up from the bottom of the standings right now. Denver can't play any defense right now, but they're going to get it together. Their offense is great. I still believe in Jokic and Murray. OKC is surprising. I think they could be worse than Minnesota. Are they the eighth seed right now? No, OKC's 11th. Oh, okay. Then we got got, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, Sacramento Kings, San Antonio. Like Minnesota's not better than any of these teams even with cats in the lineup. But I think no one expected them necessarily to be this bad. Like they're just like from day one, they're horrible. It's like the New York Jets this year. People thought they'd be all right. They didn't have they won day. They weren't the worst team. They won they, two games. They suck at sucking. They're so bad <laughs> they can't even suck properly. Okay? Like you got one job, you're gonna get Trevor Lawrence. He's gonna be, by all accounts, the next great quarterback in the league. And you can't even do that properly. Man. Man, oh man, that's tough. And you know, in basketball, you're supposed to be good because there's a lottery anyway. I mean, anyway, it's just Minnesota's dumpster fire right off the bat. Like their season's over now. Like we're talking about where are they going to go next year? But who knows? Maybe you know, Cat signed a long-term deal. Maybe they get and get Cat, D'Angelo Russell. I don't know if he's going to stick around for a while, but I, I guess may, maybe they do have, um, you know, a positive outlook. But We'll see. A great point to mention, they do not have their first pick this year. Golden oh, State oh, has it. That's right. I forgot about that. That makes me feel really stupid. So they're just no good, and they have nothing to look forward to then, because that does change. Like, they're just <laughs> this year, get a pick, no. Yeah, that's Good right. for Golden State. Wow. That's yeah, going to be a nice a tough luck, but they've also, I mean, that's what happens you run through the league. Anyway, what's your second story there? My second story is about Philly. And early on, we heard, like, some discourse about them being, like, you know, a serious contender. But, you know, watching them play, I just, I don't buy it. And Bede is still, like, he's, he's the only. I'm surprised. Yeah, you know, I, I hear you. So, right now, they rank 6th in defense and 16th in offense. And where do you think Ben Simmons ranks in their scoring? I don't know. He's probably. I've watched a few games. He seems to be not scoring a ton. Probably around fifteen points, I'd say. Yeah, it's it's definitely very close. Um, he's fifth in the uh, on the team in scoring. Um, do you know who's above him? Embiid. Definitely Embiid. Yes. Probably Seth Curry. He's balling right now. Definitely yes. Uh, what about the Green Ranger? Is he hitting enough threes to get up there? Probably not. I do not know who the Green... Oh, is that Danny Green? Danny Green. You don't know who the Green Ranger is, Noah? I've never heard him be called the uh, Green wow. Ranger. Wow. Disappointed. Danny yeah. Green, not ahead of him. Not ahead. So who is ahead of him? So you got Tobias Harris. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then the the, the fourth one, 
who's a big surprise, is Shake Milton. He's been balling. I mean, what they they played? So they they almost got a game canceled, but they didn't because they had eight guys that were technically healthy, but one guy wasn't. He was coming back from an injury, so they got so yeah. they had to play, but they really only had seven guys. Obviously, yeah, exactly. Shake Milton, like he's going to put some buckets up. He seems to be playing all right. So Ben Simmons is averaging twelve point six points a game. Okay. Not what you love to see. No, but he's been balling. Like he's been averaging lots of dimes, lots of boards. They've been winning some games. I mean, they're third in the East right now. I mean, do you really care if Ben Simmons scores? No, he's supposed to be your distributor. Only seven assists. They're eight and four. And it's just their their schedule has been so easy. And that's what it is. And I'm looking at Embiid. He still doesn't handle double teams well. Definitely better than, than last season. I think he's he's improved a lot, but still not a ton. Turnover still a huge problem. Ben Simmons is turning the ball over like crazy. And um, like with not that high of a usage rate. But how much of this is learning a new system with Doc? I I don't think a ton. I think it's more um, just bad passes. Ben Simmons, 3.8 turnovers a game. That's a lot for your point guard. Um, And you're right. I mean, we were talking about this last time when we ranked the teams. Uh, They really haven't beaten anyone good. I mean, since we talked last, they they beat the Wizards. That was the night we recorded. They beat the Wizards. Uh, They lost to the Nets. They lost to the Nuggets, they lost to the Hawks, and they beat the Bam out of Bioless Miami Heat in overtime by three points. And Jimmy Butler. And yes, and Jimmy Butler. So Miami was really shorthanded, and Embiid was going off, though. Like, he's a great player. He, he, he's doing fantastic. To yeah. go back to and the player rankings, firmly better than Ben Simmons. Dude, I had one spot above. One him. spot above. He's much better than Ben Simmons. Yeah, you're right, and I would definitely change that. Okay. Well, I'm glad we got that on the record now. But yeah. Anything else, so, Philly? Yeah, I just don't buy them. No. That's about it. I'm I'm actually higher. So like, it's funny because I had Phoenix as my list, and you had Philly on yours. I think I'm higher on Philly than you, and you're higher on Phoenix than I am. But we'll see. And the last thing I have here is just. Um, you know, not on too much analysis here, but just Steph Curry and Golden State. I mean, they look like a complete uh, tire fire at the beginning of the year. Not a good situation. Um, you know, they're we're saying they had bench guys starting and, you know, guy and G League guys on their bench. But they've won some games. They Steph Curry is balling. I mean, we're seeing the videos. You know, all the kids are loving the TikToks, you know, the Instagrams. And you see all uh, Steph Curry there. And he's being guarded by the three guys. You see, like when he was playing uh, the Clippers, like they're just running everyone yeah. at him. And they're set. They're everyone. you know six and five now. They've turned it around. And Curry yeah. is balling. Like he can shoot it, the lights out and run the team. I think a huge part of that is Draymond Green coming back. That chemistry is awesome. Yeah, Draymond Green's kind of like Steph Curry's pep. Like he's useless without him. But yeah, there he's nice. Yeah, he's he's Draymond Green's just a really smart player. He wants people in the right spots, and he gets Steph open, and that's that's huge, for sure. I mean, Steph Curry right now, he's one of the he's top. Um, what is he? He's top fifteen in the league right now in offensive, uh, like box plus minus. So like his offensive rating and stuff, he's really good. And I think, um, I just think we've forgotten and we took for granted how good Steph Curry was. I mean. He's averaging 11 threes a game. Like, he's getting up 11. I just can't believe that people let him get up 11 threes a game right now. He's averaging 28 points, you know, six, almost seven assists. 
you know, he's just a really good player, and he's putting the team basically on his back. Absolutely. I think uh, that it's good. Because I do want Golden State. Like, now that they're done with their KD thing, I, I do like the way they play. I like them as a team, and I like Steph. So that's that's good for me to see. And we'll see. I, th- I think, you know, I was down on them at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, typical overreaction, media member crap. But I think uh, they'll be lucky to get in the playoffs. But they could probably make the play-in tournament if they keep playing well. I think I think I would definitely put them in the playoffs now. Really? Yeah. They'll, I think they'll win, like, their play-in game. Wiseman's been playing nice. He looks like he Wiseman can... is nice. He's playing, like, 25 minutes a game, which is fine. But I think by the end of the year, he'll be bop. And, I, yeah, big fan. So what do you got uh, for your last storyline so far here? My third one, it's not so much a team, but it's it's talking about, like, how this season should proceed. Because there's just been new protocols that came out. And uh, George Hill voiced his opinion on it. And he said, like, they're bullshit. And he wasn't a fan. He was like, if it's this serious, like, should we be playing? And I I just want to, like, point out, like, it's not a great situation at all. It's a pandemic. And if players don't feel like they should play, they shouldn't. But I think it's, it's definitely good to play. It keeps people occupied, keeps people indoors. Um, and I think I would like to contrast between like the vet, the George Hill, he's gotten paid. And then if you contrast him with like a young player, a rookie, they're all going to want to play. Cause that's their first time getting paid. Like imagine telling a rookie, like, yeah, we're not going to pay play. And the rookie's like, dude, I still got student loans. Yeah, Well, they got, I mean, George Hill's got a family. The rookies don't have a family. This is their life. This is all they've ever wanted to do is make the league. They finally get in. And, you know, they'd be happy to live in a hotel room all day, go to the gym, lift some weights, go to the gym, then go to the other gym, get some shots up, sleep, have a nap, go to the play game. Play some Fortnite. And repeat. Like, they'd love to do that all day. Yeah, play video games the rest of the time, just locked up in their room. I mean, yeah. so, yeah, it's tough. I don't know. I mean, some of the protocols are strange, like how you can't, you know, shake hands after the game and stuff. I think like, like you're sweating all over each other all game long. And I always find it interesting, you know, the coaches are wearing masks, but then they take the mask down to talk. I mean, I know you breathe, but when you talk and you yell, that's when I would imagine, I'm no scientist here, we have to get our pal. It is, it is, 100%. That's when you would breathe most of your particles and the germs that come out. So especially when you're yelling across the court, so you're going to wear a mask, but take it off whenever you do that. I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me, but I'm no, I'm no expert here, you know. For sure. We'll see. There's no right answer here because I think, you know, if you were really want it to be safe there'd be no games or they'd be in a bubble again but the bubble works but the players away from their families it costs an inordinate amount of money so it's tough to do that maybe they'll be looking at that for the playoffs which yeah. i would be like i mean i know it's hard to be away from your families and stuff like that for so long but you know the quality of basketball in the bubble was really high you know there was no travel injuries were down basketball was up and you know i think the players are in the bubble realizing like I'm here, away from my family. I have nothing to do but hang out with my teammates and play ball. So they were locked in, and it was great. And we'll see. Yeah, definitely. I think they should keep the season going, but, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if more games keep getting canceled and stuff. I mean, I have faith in the NBA to get it done. I think if the NFL has been able to get it done, the NBA will, but we'll see. What do you think the chances are that the NBA does not complete this season? No, I don't think that's... I mean, if I had to put a percentage on it, 
15, I'm quite low. I don't think it's going to yeah. happen. Like, I just think, like, I just say no, and I would bet hard that this team's going to go. All right. Well, I think that that about wraps it up. Yeah, I don't have anything else. I mean, this is fun. Uh, crazy, you know, James Harden has been traded to Brooklyn. Um, happened, you know, very fast. You get the Woj bombs coming in on your phone, and then Twitter's just blowing up. But, yeah, interesting, I think. Uh, we'll see. The East definitely got to shake up. It's going to be exciting. Looking and, forward to it. Yeah, we'll be back. I don't know if we're going to get a schedule going, but we'll see, you know, every week, every other week, you know, Woj dropped a pretty big bomb today, so we had to respond to that with a special episode here. But, yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll see you all in the next episode. Have a great night.